How's it going, folks? I'm Brother Matthew, and welcome to Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And today we got a little bit of a special one, something we don't talk about really that too much often. Uh, we're going to be talking a bit about magic, um, about rituals, spirits, and the mark of the beast. And we're going to be talking about that. The uh, reason why we're bringing this up is because, especially at this time, we're seeing a massive proliferation of people's uh, worries and fears and things about the end of days, and uh, people are perpetrating that the microchip is the mark of the beast, the vaccines are the mark of the beast, or some, or Bill Gates is making the mark of the beast, or something like that. I, it's just, it's just, there's so much craziness going on. And uh, so what I decided to talk a bit about is what the Bible says in regards to these things and what are they really. So I hope that this uh, broadcast will be an encouragement to you. I hope it will be a blessing to you. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and let's be ready for a great study. Again, this will be a little bit more of a discussion so I'm just going to work my way slowly through a couple things that I've written down here I want to talk about, and uh, we could just discuss it. So if you have anything on your heart and mind that you'd like to bring up in this, any comments, questions, issues, insights regarding the context at hand, please, by all means, feel free to chime in. Alrighty. So I hope you had a uh, great weekend. Uh, I hope you were also able to catch the broadcast from yesterday. We we're working our way through the Gospel of John. We did John chapter 4 yesterday. Well, most of John chapter 4. And we, we took a look at some of the things about, about how Jesus gives us an example of how to evangelize. I also took that video and also posted it on our YouTube channel. So you can also catch it there. Alrighty. So, there's a few things I want to bring up in this this one. Um, I'm going to be referring to uh, different aspects of the occult and witchcraft and that kind of stuff uh, to help people to understand a bit more of what this stuff is all about and what does the Bible actually say. So, I hope that uh, you'll listen into this because I know some of the things I'm going to be talking about, some people just have a lot of difficulty wrapping their minds around it. Uh, a lot of people just straight up just don't even believe it. They won't even listen to it. When you try to talk about these things and the reality of the demonic powers and these things that, that we see around us. So we're going to be talking about the realm of the demonic. Now, some people say, oh, we shouldn't talk about that kind of stuff at all. Well, no, that's wrong too. Because, well, the Bible talks about it a lot and there's a certain way that you would go about talking about these kinds of things there's a right way and wrong way so the wrong way is using it for entertainment thriller uh, or just you know in flippancy just to talk about it just to you know be a part of it um, the Bible says that we shouldn't uh, even speak the names of the false gods well there's a certain aspect in which it is allowed. So in way of uh, refutation, to rebuke, uh, to curse, uh, you, then you, there are certain means in there you can speak the names. Like for example, you see the Bible mentions a lot of the names of the false gods. 
But if you look at the context of how it names them, it names them in, in a derogatory sense of how they're accursed of God, they're evil, they're wicked, and putting them down. It doesn't just talk about them just to talk about them or just for excitement or thriller or for just entertainment. So we got to be very careful about why we are talking about certain things. So when it comes to aspects of the occult and witchcraft, even mentioning these things brings a danger because it draws the enemy. It attracts them. So you got to make sure that when you're talking about these kinds of things, it's under proper protocol and you're prayed up and you're ready ready for a battle because if you start mentioning the things of the of the dark arts the things of the reality of witchcraft you're going to have a bad time Alrighty, so we're going to be uh, talking about this kind of stuff and we're going to be talking about the mark of the beast and what is it according to the bible now i say according to the bible because there's an awful lot of personal opinion uh, personal ideologies about this thing and people saying well i think i feel because of certain goings on or whatever well that's all fine and dandy but take your feelings in two bucks and you can buy a coffee at tim hortons because feelings and ideologies are irrelevant we want to look at absolute fact of what does the bible say what does it teach what does it show so we're going to be taking a look at this <clears throat> okay now please take your bibles and turn with me to deuteronomy Chapter 18, verses 9 to 12. Deuteronomy, chapter 18, verses 9 to 12. And just give me one quick second while you're turning there. I just got to make sure I let my one friend know that I'm live. They don't get my notifications that I'm live most times. One second. So Deuteronomy, chapter 18, verses 9 to 12. This is where we're going to start off here. All right. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn. Okay, so we're just going to start with there. So thou shalt not learn. All right. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this day, for this time, and Lord, I ask for your great hand of help and protection in this, that Lord, you give me the words with which to say, and that Lord, you put a hedge of protection about me, and about this broadcast, and about the hearers, and Lord, that you would help us and bless us this day, strengthen us in your word, in your ways, O Lord, grant us wisdom and knowledge and power. I pray, Lord, that you please keep away the enemy while we look into these things, and that Lord, you would direct our discussion, direct our study. We ask all these things for the help and protection by the name, the Spirit, and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. <clears throat> so, thou shalt not learn. Now, if you actually start taking a look in the world of the occult, the very name, the very term, occult, it talks about and gives the picture, the understanding of hidden knowledge 
hidden wisdom, understanding the dark mysteries. Uh, the things that just bypasses common knowledge where the average normal person just is, is completely ignorant on. You seek after and learn advanced wisdom, advanced knowledge, i.e. wizardry. And that's what that connotates. So occult is hidden knowledge and hidden powers. And again, hidden because it is abnormal, paranormal, beside the normal, other than normal, paranormal. It's not normal. It breaks the laws of physics. It just doesn't make sense. It goes against common scientific thought. It just, it, it, people don't understand how it works. It scares them and people either deny it and all that kind of thing. All right, so we take a look at the, at the world of the occult. Now, what is this? This is the world of magic, the world of magic. Now, what is magic and what does magic connotate? Now, some people right there will think that I'm just stark raving mad when I'm talking about these things. Well, that's fine. I've been called worse. And, uh, but people don't understand that as there is the world of magic, there's the reality of miracle. Now, that's where I'm going to start with. Satan is a rip-off plagiarizing copycat. Every single thing that God says, does, writes, gives, the devil takes it, copies it, and perverts it. Every single thing. The devil actually doesn't really do anything unique. <laughs> Everything that he does is a plagiarized, corrupted version of something that God has already said and done. Or it's just the flat-out, blatant, direct opposite. Like, for example, God says salvation is by grace, the devil says by works. So, there's only one way, one truth, one life. The devil says, no, there's millions. So, it can be a direct opposition or a direct plagiarization. Alright, so in the reality of magic and miracle, miracle is I have nothing. I am nothing. I do nothing. I have no powers. I have no abilities. It's not of me at all. It's all the Lord. I just ask the Lord and he does it. That's miracle. The Lord God does it by himself, of himself. Magic is I do it. So you see the direct opposition. Removing it from God and giving myself the divine power. Ye can be as God, knowing the difference between good and evil. Ye hath God truly said. So that's the difference there. So as we see where God says it's by grace, the devil says it's by works. God says there's only one way, the devil says it's millions. God says no, I do it, the devil says no, you do it. So magic and miracle. Now, what is magic? Now, I'm going to be busting up people's Hollywood perceptions and that a lot of people think that magic is like Hollywood. You know, you see get, uh, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, or any of those kinds of things, or like the Marvel, uh, the, the Marvel series of the superheroes and everything where they wave their hand and light beams and energy floats around and stuff happens. That's stupid. That's stupid stupid. That's not what that is. But magic is causing effect, causing circumstances to occur. Where you say a phrase, you do a thing, or, or something happens, you cause something to happen, and it causes 
an effect. It it looks natural, normal most times, where you can just cause things to happen. And for wild example, where you can just where you say a phrase, move your hand, and the cup moves across the table. That's magic. And magic is also falls under the world of divination, where you can use uh, uh, where diviners they use a means of tea leaf reading, ogum scrying, archaeomancy, cardomancy, whatever have you, tarot cards, where they can uh, read your mind, read your future, read your life. All that, that's magic. Magic is causing the effect that you need without God. Without God. Creating my own reality without God. You see that? The difference between a life of miracles and a life of magic. I am my own God. I cause my own reality. Versus the, uh, a world of miracle, which is I live with the Lord and the Lord creates my reality. Do you see the difference? You see the difference there? Magic is not just energy, where I just tap in and just align myself with the universal energies. That's stupid. There is no such thing as energies. There are no energies to manipulate. The whole energy reality thing is stupid, made-up nonsense. <clears throat> in fact... What, what you're feeling when people get into magic and the world of magic and sorcery, witchcraft, wizardry, and all that kind of stuff, that they talk about the sense, this feeling of power and all this, that they say it's the energy. No, it's not. You're not, you're not conjuring energy. You're not manipulating energy. You are working with persons. You ever have, you ever have someone walk into, walk into the room where you are and they're all worked up? They're really angry, and you can kind of feel it. You feel the, the atmosphere around that person, that tension. Yeah, that's what it is. The spirits, the demons, the devils, the fallen angels, they have a presence about them. They have they have an atmosphere, a presence about them. So when they come in the room and, and or they come where you are and you feel that feels like energy, that's literally the presence of the person. Spirits are persons without bodies. They are completely hundred percent unique individually. That there's an innumerable amount of them. And they're all completely unique with, with, with their own unique attributes, characteristics, personalities. And they do different things. Some are more aggressive than others. Some are more mischievous than others. Some are more toying and playful than others. But they're all malevolent. They all have dark intentions. And when you uh, get into the occult and you start messing with these things, you will feel a presence. Like, for example, the moment you see a, a Ouija board, if you're walking through a store or you see it even on the television, you immediately feel that presence. You, there's, you feel something off. What you are feeling is the presence of the enemy. And that's why the Lord says you're to have nothing to do with it. 
So this is why the Lord says you're not to watch it, not to talk of it, not have anything to do with it, because doing so attracts them. You'll feel it. Now, we need to be mindful of these things. We need to be educated about these things. The Bible says we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. How can we be not ignorant of these things? By educating yourself on it. There's a right way and wrong way to educate yourself on these things. Now, some wrong ways to educate yourself on some of these things is, for example, looking into other religious practices. Like, for some reason, a lot of, well, I would say the modern liberal Christians, a lot of them, will go angling after, say, the Roman Catholic rite of exorcism or something. Or they go to the hyper-charismatic deliverance ministries. The, both of those, the Roman Catholic rite of exorcism and the charismatic deliverance ministries, are both garbage. They teach wrongly, they teach falsely, they are going about it the complete wrong way. In fact, the Charismatic Deliverance Ministry is actually just plagiarizing the Roman Catholic Rite of Exorcism. Believe it or not. In many, many ways. Now, causing circumstance. Now, this is what I want to get to. Where you take a look at the world of the occult and the world of magic and witchcraft and that kind of stuff, where they do a ritual. They say the phrase, they light the candle, they draw the symbol, and it causes something to happen. Either something to manifest, something to appear, or they are able to uh, call upon and, and they're able to bring in something that they needed, that they wanted, to cause an effect upon a person, place, or thing. Causing circumstances to happen. Now, this is where the devil plagiarizes and rips off of God, because what does the Bible say? The Bible says when we pray, the Lord hears us and brings us the request of our prayers, and that he hears the prayers of the saints. Ask, and ye shall receive. So what the devil does, the devil takes the simplicity of prayer, the simplicity of just asking the Lord, and creates a ritualization of it. That, that You see what the devil does. So God says, just ask. What does the Catholic Church do? Count your beads. Call upon Mary and the saints and the priests and light the candles and do your, do your rituals. You see, the devil literally rips off of God and just corrupts it and, and complicates it. You see, everything that is about the Lord is simplistic. That's the way that God wants it. He wants to be just ask, just believe. It's by grace. It's simply through faith. It's not religion. It's not ritual. It's not sacraments and protocols and traditions and law-keeping and, and going all through all the, the crazy dance and song. It's just ask the Lord. Just, just walk with the Lord. Just talk with the Lord. Just believe on the Lord. It's so simple. The born-again Christian faith is in its simplicity. That's how it's meant to be. But the devil takes it and corrupts it. Now, this is what I want to get to. I'm going to talk just a little bit, just for a moment, in regards to the mark of the beast. There's a reason why I brought all this up. Because when one does a study on the world of the occult, which I don't recommend you do, but uh, you'll understand that there are certain practices that they have, there's certain rituals, certain protocols. One of them is called sigil work. Sigil work is learning how to draw occult symbolism for the purpose of creating a, a creating a circumstance that when you draw it and you and you put it through its proper ritual 
that it causes an effect. It can either conjure spirits, it can cast spells, curses, or create, manifest, whatever it is that your intent was. The point of the sigil work is that with sigils as well, it's not just basic symbolism, but it's also learning how to fancily draw in a unique way the name of your familiar spirit or or a certain occult name of some other creature or whatever. Now, there's a reason I bring that up. Revelation chapter 13 verses 16 to 17. Revelation chapter 13 verses 16 to 17 <clears throat> about the antichrist, the beast and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Now you note it says, then it says, they had the mark of the beast, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Now, do you remember when I said that the devil is a rip-off, plagiarizing copycat? Do you want to know why the Antichrist actually comes up with the idea of the mark of the beast? Back up a couple of chapters. Revelation chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. Revelation chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels whom it was given hurt to... Uh, given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. That's the 144,000. God actually marks the 144,000 with His seal, with His mark. In, the, in, his, in their foreheads, the servants of God. What does the devil do? Oh, I want that too. That looks neat. Here, let me do that. And the devil it plagiarizes what God has already done. So we see the 144,000 are sealed before the mark of the beast. You see that? So the devil is a rip-off plagiarizing copycat. So... Now, what is the mark? The mark of the beast. So that okay, the first one, uh, the seal of God, is Revelation chapter seven, verses two and three. Revelation chapter seven, verses two and three is the seal of God. The Antichrist mark of the beast is Revelation thirteen, verses sixteen to seventeen. Now, what is the mark of the beast? Now, when we take a look at the context, there we see a couple things. Now, this is why we also need to study the specific details of these things. 
in doing word studies, for example. Mark, the word mark, like mark of the beast, to mark in their foreheads. Now, in mark in this way is in the context of mark of the beast. It means like scarification, tattooing, or branding. It's an etching in the skin. It's an actual mark that will appear in the skin, in the forehead or the right hand by way of the mark of the beast. Now, when you take a look at what this is in, in uh, where the devil rips off of God and creates a corruption, creates a corrupted version of this, it says it is the mark of his name or the number of his name. And even and you're not allowed to buy or sell unless you have his mark. So right there you see a distinctive difference between the economic aspects and the religious aspects. You see, you see right there, the mark of the beast is not economic. It is religious. So, because even if you ha had the ability to buy or sell, you would not be allowed to unless you had the mark of the beast upon you, either in your forehead or your right hand. So, and it says it's the mark of, it, it's a sign of his name or the number of his name. Now, who is the Antichrist at this point? He's already declared himself to be God. In the temple of God, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1-4, to 4, he's already claimed to be God. So, what does he do? He then draws all the people to worship him. We see the false prophet is working with him to bring all the people to worship him. And then he creates a sigil of his name. It's a sigil. It's not a microchip. It's not a vaccine or anything like this. It's the sigil of Satan. Now, the sigil of Satan is where they take either his name or a signification of his name, a design of his name, and they uniquely design it up. Like, for example, how a king, an empire, has the seal of the king, the seal of the empire, the official seal. This is the official signet, sigil. Now, sigil is a spirit seal, is what it is. It's called the spirit seal. That when you finish up an occult ritual, a witchcraft ritual, you'll finish it by sealing it with your spirit sigil. That seals the ritual. Now, this is what this is. You you swear fealty, you swear allegiance to the Antichrist as your God and King, and then he they, they seal you with his official sigil seal. Now, as the Antichrist is Satan, this is the seal of Satan, the mark of Satan. The 144,000 get the mark of God. These ones get the mark of Satan upon them in the forehead or their right hand. And that you're not allowed to buy or sell unless you have the sigil seal, the spirit seal of Satan himself. That's why God says, and he sends his angels to say, anyone who takes the mark of the beast will immediately drink of the wine of the wrath of God. You'll be condemned immediately condemn yourself to hell. You seal yourself to hell when you take the mark of the beast. So you see right there, as in even in the word mark of the beast, it means scarification, tattooing, or branding. It's an etching in the skin by way of a actual seal. 
a sigil it's called. It's not a microchip, it's not technology, it's not a vaccine, it's not anything like that. It's an actual, specially designed symbol, sigil of Satan. That's what the mark of the beast is. No, sorry, what'd you say? So you won't be tricked into it. No, 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 no. <clears throat> it, it actually comes down to vol voluntarily take to be voluntarily taken. You line up and you accept it willingly. At first, it'll be it'll be put out there. Uh, they'll start moving people uh, to try to force people to take it because you won't be allowed to buy or sell without it. And you actually wind up choosing of your own free will to take the thing. But if at that time, which the true born-again Christians will not be around at that time. Uh, at first, it will be raptured, and then you see the 144,000 go into all the world and preach the gospel. People will be getting saved. Even if you were at that time and you were a born-again Christian, the Spirit of God will actually put it upon you to, to refuse it to the point of death. You would actually choose to die rather than take it. The, 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 those who are born-again saved at that time will not be able to take it. You don't need to worry about that. And besides, see, if it came down the time, we'd be gone before that point anyways. So, the mark of the beast actually is an occult thing. It's an occult seal. It, it, if you actually study witchcraft of black magic, and uh, oh, the rapture would, would take place before that point. Uh, we'd be taken up. We'd be gathered together unto the Lord, the, uh, the second coming of Christ. So, in black magic, in Satanism witchcraft, Satanism witchcraft, you actually learn about the seal of Satan, the seal of Lucifer, where uh, in uh, extreme ritual, you can actually, uh, under blood sacrifice, you can actually conjure Lucifer or one of his main aides. One of the, one of the, the they're called the great five is what they're called. One of the five, uh, the five sergeants, the five generals that work with Lucifer, he can send one of his aides. You can actually conjure them in a satanic ritual and it through a black uh, black magic blood sacrifice ritual um, then this is what is going to happen is at that time when the Antichrist comes on the scene it's no longer going to be hidden behind closed doors it's no longer to be in dark basements in dark rooms it's no longer going to be secret secretive occult it's going to be open and blatant where those who swear their allegiance to Satan will be marked with the seal of Lucifer that's what the mark of the beast is <clears throat> Why would the people who would take the seal know they would go to hell? Well, they won't know and they, they won't care anyways. And even at that time, God actually will send an angel. It even says, an angel will fly through heaven warning the people, do not take the mark of the beast or you will be damned. And God is warning them, the angels are warning them, the saints are warning them, and the people don't care. The people don't care. They don't believe. They don't, they don't even care about that. They don't even care. They they want what they, they want. This thing they uh, they believe the Antichrist more more than God, and so that's what actually actually happens. So yeah, were you delivered from this? Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't mention it at the beginning of this broadcast. Uh, some of you do know. Some of you don't know. Um, <clears throat> before I was born again, saved. Before I got born again, saved. 
I used to be a practitioner of mysticism, occult, and witchcraft for 16 years. I was a teacher of witchcraft, a teacher of the occult, in a large group in a special school where we actually taught witchcraft, old world witchcraft, hedge witchery, and that kind of stuff, and shamanism. And I was a specialist uh, in spirit conjuring and divination and enchanting. Those are my specialties. But the Lord, in his grace and mercy, saved me from uh, out of that. And I got born again, saved by the power of the name, the spirit of the Lord God, Jesus Christ. And I got born again, saved, and I was rescued out of that. Um, so, yeah. So I have a lot of knowledge on that stuff and how it actually works. And when you take a look at what the Bible talks about, it is so abundantly clear that this is what it is. It, it, because in that world, before I got saved, I, I was working in the world of sigil work and occult and spear conjuring and how it works with these different spirits. They all have their own names. Every devil has his own actual name. Every angel has their own actual name. And when you, in the world of occult, you learn how to, how to conjure the spirits, conjure the demons. You learn their names. You learn how to, they teach you how to draw the sigil of their name. And so yet you can conjure them. And so when you take all of the whole world of occult, witchcraft, and sigil work, and all that kind of stuff, and conjuring and everything like that, and you lay it over, over Mark of the Beast, and see what it's actually talking about, what it signifies, that's what it is. So it is crazy, but that's what it is. And now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because we see a massive plethora of people go out there perpetrating false information, fear-mongering upon people into being afraid afraid of different things. Now, I'm not talking about politics. I don't want to talk about vaccines. I don't want to talk about viruses and things like that what i'm talking about is the specific details of what is the mark of the beast because people are saying this thing is the mark of the beast no it's not this is the mark of the beast no it's not we won't even be here when the mark of the beast comes around we're not even going to see it that uh, was not when the time comes and the second and the second coming of christ appears it says that those those which are alive and remain uh, of the born-again Christians and those who are dead in Christ, their bodies will be resurrected. The dead in Christ will be raised first. Then we which are alive and remain of the born-again Christians will be caught up to be with the Lord. And then we see the Lord seals 144,000 of his uh, 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 people who believe on him, who go into all the world as evangelists to preach the gospel. Those who are not raptured are the unbelievers. Um... All right, so in regards to this, now some people may have some differing views on how this all works. Now, I just want to say this is what I have personally found, my own personal studies of, of what I've discovered in what the Bible says flat out, and it's just studying the Bible. Now, if we take a look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, is one of the massive keys here. Now, when we take a look at Revelation chapter 6, where it talks about he that comes on the white horse comes conquering now the in revelation revelation chapter chapter 6 combined with second thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 let's actually read second thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 and you'll see what i mean 
Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. So the rapture, the gathering is the rapture. That ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, the second coming of Christ. Oh yes, oh yes, you can still believe even after. Look what it says, verse 3. For that day shall not come, the gathering of the saints, the rapture, the second coming of Christ will not come, except there come a falling away first. The great falling away. As it called the great apostasy, the great apathy, where Christians become so lukewarm, so apathetic, they fall away from the faith and they lose the seriousness of the faith. And you see a massive falling away from, from the seriousness of the Lord and the things of the Lord. A great falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed. Who's that? That's the Antichrist. Yet... Yeah, at first, the seal of God is 100%. I'll get to that in a moment. I'll walk you through the details of how that'll work in just, just one second. All right. Except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed. Now, who is that? The man of sin, the son of perdition, is the Antichrist. This is Satan himself manifested. Now, there's a bit of a discrepancy uh, some aren't sure if it's actually going to be Satan manifesting physically or Satan himself taking over and possessing a body uh, of someone who willingly gives himself to the, to, to the devil. Uh, I personally lean more towards it's actually an individual who actually willingly allows themselves to become possessed with Satan himself. That's where I more lean more towards. But I could be wrong in that. But the Bible doesn't say specifically... But that's what I lean more towards. Yeah, kind of like Judas, yes. Okay, so the man of sin be revealed. Now, here's the question. How does he reveal himself? So at first, you take a look at Revelation chapter 6, the white horse, the, the one that comes conquering to conquer. Where he, how, does, how does he conquer? It talks about how he conquers with flatteries. It says he has a bow, but no arrows. So he doesn't come in war and destruction, but rather he comes with niceties and flatteries and wooing the people and showing his ability, and he starts swaying and taking over the world, and he becomes the ruler of the world through flatteries and niceties and power in that way. Now look what happens. He reveals himself as, as the one who... Now, Who's writing this? Second Thessalonians is Paul. So Paul's telling us. So we will know who he is because he's doing this. Now, look at this. How does he reveal himself as the son of perdition? As the son of condemnation? How does he reveal himself as being the Antichrist? Verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. How? Or that is worship, so that he, the Antichrist, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So what, what we're going to see happening was when this guy comes on scene at the first, he's going to be swaying the world to him. He will create peace in the Middle East so that they will build the third temple of God, so that the third temple will be built. That will take time. So all of this starts when we see this guy coming on scene. So by the time the temple is built, we're already about a third of the way in. When you take a look at the rest of the signs of the times of the timeline of Revelation, we're about a third of the way in. 
and the third temple will be built. Then he will climb the steps, sit in the temple of God, call himself that he is God. Then we see the sun darken, the moon turns to blood, the Christ comes in the air, the gathering of the saints unto him, and the wrath of God is poured out. It's called pre-wrath. Is the rapture by the details of what the Bible talks about is it's not we are not taken up before the Antichrist is revealed. We're taken up as the Antichrist is revealed. Because by the point the Antichrist reveals himself, this is where the wrath of God is poured out. The saints are taken out before the wrath of God is poured out. It's called pre-wrath. So that's what happens. So we'll be if we are here when this starts going off, when this starts popping off, uh, we will uh, we will we'll be only be going through the first phases, the first aspects of the first things of the great uh, swing of the new world order of the one world regime of the new world control of the one world government. Now, uh, you see how bad it's getting by their cursing God and banning a lot of Christian things now. Just imagine if the Antichrist is on scene actually formulating the new world order. Yeah, we're going to have to go through all of that garbage. So, but we will not be going through the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast, it, it comes into effect during the wrath of God period. The, during that great, great tribulation. That's where the 144,000 who are sealed by God. So what happens is when the Antichrist calls himself God in the temple of God, that's when we're taken up. That's when Christ appears. We're taken up. God seals uh, the 144,000 right there. Just as we're taken up, he seals 144,000. And then they go through there. The reason they're sealed by God is so the Antichrist can't touch them. They can't be harmed by the Antichrist. They go, they're going through all of this and preaching and teaching the gospel during all that time. So that's what happens there. Now, the point I want to make, up, uh, make about this is the kinds of things that we see happening in Revelation. This is why I wanted to talk a little bit about the reality of occult and these kinds of things. People kind of mock and scoff about the reality of witchcraft, magic, and all these kinds of things. The, the people that mock this that kind of stuff have never read Revelation and have never really believed the Bible then because they don't believe in all of the kinds of things that are mentioned in the Bible like Janus and Jambres and their sorceries withstanding Moses or, or Simon the Sorcerer withstanding Peter, Alimus the Sorcerer withstanding Paul, the, the Witch of Endor deceiving uh, uh, King Saul or the girl, the spirit of divination uh, troubling the Apostle Paul or the Gadarene demon possessed with 5,000 devils who could do all kinds of supernatural things. All, all throughout the Bible are mentioned sorcerers, wizards, and witches, and necromancers, and psychics, and fortune tellers, all throughout the Bible, and that we see these kinds of things being in effect at the same time God has his servants. Because what we see happening in Revelation is the Antichrist is Satan himself manifested and he'll be calling fire out of heaven to try to deceive people into worshipping him. He'll be actually causing idols that people will start making idols of him, images of the Antichrist. He will give life to the idols. The idols will come alive. They're called golems, demonically possessed statues figurines, humanoid figurines coming to life is called a golem. It's possessed with a demon. 
and uh, and uh, we see the uh, servants of the Antichrist that go out working signs and wonders and sorceries in the name of the Antichrist, Ac- actual sorcerers and wizards going throughout the land in, in the name of the Antichrist, swaying people to worship the Antichrist. This is actually going to happen. Satanists, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, wizards, mediums will be going out in the name of the Antichrist, working signs and wonders in the name of the devil. That's actually going to happen in Revelations during that time. The reason I bring this up, because it makes so much sense when you take a look at that, and then you tie in all the different aspects of spirit conjuring, divination, occult, witchcraft, and sigil work. The mark of the beast is the spirit seal, the sigil seal of Satan himself. Because if you do not have this mark, then all the people that side with the devil, that have taken the mark, will know who to attack. It's a supernatural war. It's a spirit war. It's a war of God versus Satan. It's an actual, real prophets of God versus warlocks. It is the Elijah versus the prophets of Baal all over again. It's Moses versus Janice and Jambres all over again. It's Paul versus Elymas the sorcerer all over again. This is what this is. It's just another rehash of the great war that we've seen since the very beginning. When Lucifer said, Yea, hath God truly said, ye can be as God, knowing the difference between good and evil. We see Lucifer deceiving Eve and trying to get Eve to believe in the doctrine of witchcraft, that you're a God, you you have power, you have divine abilities, you can manifest your own reality, you can find the wisdom and the ability and the knowledge in your own self, the secret knowledge you can attain it yourself i.e. occult and we see that it all started in the garden of eden this all this kind of garbage took over the world and that's why god had to bring in the great flood to destroy it and start over again with noah and then all the people fell away and got deceived again at the tower of babel of sun worship and everything else like that and then god destroyed the tower of babel we see it constantly this rehashing Constant, constant, constant rehashing the same old battle of the same old war, which is all it is, is happening again in the book of Revelation. So, magic versus miracle. Magic is I have power, I have divine ability, I can manifest, I can create my own reality, versus miracle, which is God does it all, not me. Elijah worked through miracle. The prophets of Baal worked through magic. Magic is not the abilities of learning how to manipulate energies the uh, of the elements and all that kind of stuff. That's stupid. It's learning how to manipulate spirits. Spirits. It's the, uh, again, like I said, uh, that sense and feel and, manip- and what you feel like you can manipulate. That, that, that atmosphere that comes when you start looking into that stuff that is the very presence of the spirit persons that work with you the reason they're called familiar spirits is because they are so familiar with you familial familiar it's like family they're so close to you they know your tics they know your quirks they know what you're what you're thinking they know what you mean when you they, they know everything about you that when you move your fingers in a way they know what you what you want that when you look at something they, they know what you're thinking they get so close to you or that they can even possess you that's what it means by familial 
familiar. They're so close. So this and and this is what deceives the witch, the warlock, into thinking that that person thinks that they have the ability in and of themselves. No, it's just that the spirits know you so well that they know what you're thinking, and, they, and that when you wave your hand, they know exactly what you want. And they go and do it. They move the object. They are the curse, the spell. They are the power that moves and creates and fashions. That's what that's what's happening. It's not energies, it's persons. And these persons will manifest in the time of revelation. <clears throat> Any questions? Any comments, questions, issues, insights, anything at all? Anything at all? Now, <clears throat> I did mention um, a couple days ago on Saturday... I had asked you folks to, if you could, uh, if you had time, check out on the Christian Coffee Time YouTube channel. There's a couple playlists there, that, and I, there's a couple videos there I wanted you to watch. Uh, I, the, the reason I wanted you to watch, watch those is because of what I'm talking about this morning. If you did get to watch those, you know, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you didn't get to watch those, uh, then again, just go onto YouTube. And type in hashtag Christian Coffee Time. Hashtag Christian Coffee Time in the YouTube search bar. You'll find our channel, find our videos. It'll direct you over there. And under playlists, you go under playlists on the hashtag Christian Coffee Time YouTube channel. And under playlists, you'll find um, the one that's called What They Actually Believe, and another one's called Exposing Darkness. The playlist Exposing Darkness. Scroll to the bottom, and you got a whole bunch of videos there that, that actually show all these kinds of things. No, 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 no. The hundred four thousand. Okay, let me clarify. At the time of the second coming of Christ, when he appears, and the trump of God is sounded, and all the saints are taken up, God then will seal. 144,000 evangelists. These are special ones that God chooses, that God seals to be his servants in the earth during the time of the great tribulation, of the during when the wrath of God is poured out and the Antichrist is reigning. These ones are special ones that the Lord uses as his servants. Kind of like, if I could say, Elijah's and Apostle Paul's. They'll be like Elijah's or Apostle Paul's going throughout the land, calling the people to repentance and to believe in the Lord. That's what they are. And they're marked of God. The seal of the mark of God is on them so that the Antichrist can't touch them. These ones will go and preach the gospel and preach the word of God. And tons and tons and tons of people will get saved during this time by the preaching of the 144,000. That's what's happening. <clears throat> so, the the Kingdom Hall of Jehovah's Witnesses, the cult. Yeah, yeah, no worries. The cult of Jehovah's Witnesses, they preach that um, only a hundred forty-four thousand will actually go to heaven. Well, they're crazy. They're stupid because they also believe that Jesus is Michael the Archangel, which is dumb. Anyways, so there you go, folks. So. I'd like to open up the floor here. Any comments, questions, issues, insights in regards 
to what I've been talking about in regards to uh, magic, occult, the mark of the beast, sigil work and all this stuff, and how the mark of the beast is a sigil. Do you have any questions about what we're talking about? If you're just joining, please make sure you re-watch this video. A lot of interesting information on this. Again, what will also be necessary is to make sure you check out those videos that I mentioned in the Exposing Darkness playlist on the Christian Coffee Time YouTube channel. Make sure you watch those. If you need help finding those videos that, and you can't find them, just email me at christiancoffeetime at gmail.com christiancoffeetime at gmail.com and I'd be happy to send you the links of those videos and you can check those out and you can watch that. So, Again, it's on the hashtag christiancoffeetime YouTube channel. You go to the playlist Exposing Darkness and check those out. Alright. Anything else at all? Any comments, questions, issues, insights, anything about this before we wrap this up? This is going to be a short one this morning. I just want to talk about this to get this out there. I'm going to be uploading this video to my YouTube channel as well and discussing the Mark of the Beast and what it is and what it is not. Um, I need to add that to my playlist because there's so much nonsense going around. And tease if we watch those videos to speak up. Uh, no, uh, because of the way the videos are, they are done in the name of the Lord as exposing the enemy, refuting the enemy, rebuking the enemy by showing what the enemy is saying, but this is what the Lord says. So that's what those videos are. It's not, they aren't just entertainment. It's not just, you know, just flippancy. It is uh, biblically educational is what these are in helping us to see what is going on around us so we know how to protect ourselves better. That's what that's about. So these videos are, are for example, are exposing the lies and the blasphemies and the heresies in the entertainment industry and some of the different things around us that we see. That's what these are about. Uh, yeah. And that's what, that's all this is. That's, and so that's also what the reason I'm bringing up this broadcast right now is to help people because people are terrified. People are scared. There's so much promotion of fear that all around people are scared out of their minds. Wrongly scared and fearful wrongly but because people are spreading lies, falsities and misinformation. That this stuff that we see going on right now is not the mark of the beast. It is not the, a build up to the mark of the beast. It has nothing to do with the mark of the beast. And God is not the author of confusion. He gives not us gives us not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So also, folks, if you want to uh, hear more about my own personal testimony, as I mentioned it a little bit in this broadcast, um, if you want to know more about my own personal testimony on my YouTube channel as well, I have my testimony twice, uh, once with a fellow named Julian. He's a missionary in China. He wanted to do an interview with me about my background, my testimony, as I did a video with him. And the second one is with Doreen Virtue. That's the popular one. A lot of people know about that one. I did an interview with Doreen Virtue about my background and my testimony. So both of those videos are on my YouTube channel. You can find those from Witchcraft to Jesus. And the other one about how a witchcraft master lost everything in one night is what the other one is called. That's the one with Julian. So... Please make sure you check those out. And if you have any questions regarding that stuff, please don't hesitate to ask. All right, so to rehash 
go over this again as we started with un, uh, with discussing the reality of the spiritual realm and what the spirits are and what they're doing we talked about the distinctive difference between magic and miracle and what magic connotates what occult is and what it's about and uh, and we discussed the the practice the ritual ritualistic practice of sigil work what is a sigil what is it for and then we went into explaining what is the mark of the beast according to what the bible says and why is the devil doing this so we see we see he's just being a copycat plagiarizing copycat because we see earlier we see god marking sealing his servants in revelation chapter 7 so we see that the devil is just a plagiarizing copycat the devil wants to do that to his servants so that's all that is so that's what we're talking about this morning so again Please rewatch this, share this around. I would actually ask if you could do that. The more people that could hear about this and what it actually, what the Mark of the Beast, all the kinds of actually is, the the less people will believe in falsities and error. I would love to see you folks sharing this broadcast with all of your followers and all that. I, as I said, I'll also be uploading this video to the Christian Coffee Time YouTube channel. So once it's uploaded there, you can even share that link around. The only problem is. Videos that are taken from Periscope, like this video, my phone is recording this broadcast, um, is that it doesn't record the comments. You can only see the comments on Periscope. The, but the but the video here of me talking and discussing it, this video is being recorded, and, and that's all it's uploading to YouTube. So the YouTube video will not have the comments. So if you want to watch this video with the comments, you got to watch the periscope link so what i'll be doing also is i'll be taking the actual periscope link uh and putting it in the description of the youtube video which i guess i should have been doing all along but it's too late now so oh well anyways so there you go so uh and before i wrap this up any comments questions issues insights concerns anything anything on this topic before we wrap this up is there anything Anything you'd like to discuss about witchcraft, occult, this kind of stuff, about Revelation, the end of days, all this, and the mark of the beasts, any that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and like I said, I'm, I don't even want to talk about the different things going on, of the microchips and the vaccines and the viruses. I don't even want to talk about that right now. I don't even want to talk about that. There's just there's so much craziness out there all i want to talk about is the specifics the details the technicalities of that which is biblical in regards to this you see people spreading misinformation in in, in way that they all that's the mark of the beast so that's what i wanted to talk about this morning that's all this is about all right so if there's nothing else we'll wrap this up then we'll take a short intermission just 30 minute intermission and we'll come back and we're going to pick up where we left off in our study of the Gospel of John, chapter 4. So if you could just set your uh, timer to 30 minutes, we'll be right back. And uh, we'll uh, pick up our Bible study where we left off. So I hope you tune in for that. So with that then, folks, God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love His holy name, His holy word. And I hope to see you again, folks. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.